Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, Fellowship Church. Would you stand to your feet if you'd like to come forward wherever you need to find some space as we worship and praise our God together, declaring His faithfulness, declaring Him good, true, and worthy of all praise. So let's praise Him together.
something happened to me yesterday and I was out just running errands with my son just me and him he's in the back as we were driving like uncoaxed like there's nothing I said to him before we we're just listening to music and he just goes I love you dad 
And that just like, that moved me. And it was, he didn't like earn my movement or anything like that. He just, he just declared his love. And, and like, I feel like God was like, that moves me too. Like us just gonna love you, dad. Love you. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. We love you. And it's not to get a move out of you. It's just because that's, that's who you are. So Lord, we just stand right here and we just say, God, we love you. Go ahead and say that out loud. Say, I love you. Love you, God. I love you. Father, you are moving. You are in this place. Jesus, you are amongst us right now, right here. Holy Spirit, you are inside of us. And you are moving. Father, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. God, you are so good. I love you so much. So Father, out of that place that we just stand here and we just say, we just sit in the back seat saying, God, we love you. Father, I pray that, that we can just feel can feel your love back to you. And that Jesus, we just, we trust you with every part of our day, of our week. We hope in you. We trust in you. God, we love you. So Father, I pray that, that this week, that today, that God, that you move in our lives, move in a way that we never saw coming, move in a way, God, that we didn't think was possible, move in a way where we're healed, where we're restored, where we're, where we're made whole again, God. We just love you. And we don't love you for those things. We love you because you're worth it. We love you because you matter. So Father, I pray just your blessing over every single one of us here. God, prepare our hearts and our minds for what you have for us. Lord, you're worth it. We love you and we thank you. In your heavenly name, amen. All right, give another shout of praise for God. He's so good. He's so good. For those of you that are in the room with us, go ahead and say hello to somebody. Tell them you look good before they head to their seats. For those of you that are online, thank you so much for tuning in with us. We love to be able to interact with you, so put it in the chat. We'd love to just see you say hi or where you're tuning in from or what you're up to. We know there's a lot of people that are out kind of doing uh, camp and stuff like that. Send us a picture if you're somewhere cool. Um, even if it's just your living room, that's cool, right? Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you need prayer online, go ahead. If you're on our website, click the uh, prayer, live prayer button. We'd love to be able to connect with you in that way as well. Well, thank you guys for spending your Sunday morning with us today. If you are a guest or visitor here at Fellowship Church, go ahead and get your smartphone out and just text the word fellowship to 94,000. As soon as you do that, you get in contact with one of us on staff if you fill out that new to fellowship form. If you're in person and you're a visitor or guest, drop by the info center. We'd love to give you a gift bag as well as a free specialty drink from our coffee shop and bookstore. As we continue this awesome, awesome worship of God through the giving of tithes and offerings, there's a lot of different ways to give. Um, if you scan that code, it just takes you straight to Church Center. You can give that way as well. Um, a lot of the different ways to give, like we talk, talk about every week, we have the lobby boxes as well as you can mail something in. There's the text to give number. Um, but man, I was just thinking about how, how our minds can get focused on some different things. Have you ever opened like the fridge and be like, there's nothing to eat. There's nothing in here, right? Or have you ever been on like, you're gonna go watch something, you turn on the TV, like there's nothing to watch. And there's thousands of things to watch, right? There's definitely still food in the fridge when we have that, but it's this mindset that we can get in of we're just like, we're focused on what we don't have. But God and his mindset and what he has and he's, and he's written this in our hearts through uh, just how Jesus lived and, and giving in a spirit of generosity, he wants us to focus on what we do have. We do have. There's so much that we have to give, and I'm, I'm reminded when it comes to giving of the woman that uh, comes into the temple in uh, two of the Gospels, that Jesus talks about this, that she just gave two, two coins. She didn't have much, but she focused on what she had, and she gave everything. And it's out of that place of generosity that, that God is able to steward in our hearts um, that we're, when we give, it's so much more than just the amount or what we have, but it's everything that we have. He's given us so much, so giving 
is just a way that we can love him back in a lot of different ways. And through giving a tithes and offerings is a way that God even says test him in that. So if you're in need of a financial breakthrough of any kind or anything like that, I'd love to be able to pray over you and pray over our offerings uh, today as well. Jesus, thank you so much, God, for not only who you are, God, but Jesus, everything that you've um, placed have you created have you, as you've given us in our lives? We are so grateful for those things. So God, we focus on what we have, and that's you. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you um, for your presence. God, I pray if there's anybody in financial uh, need that you can bless them, bless the offerings that are coming in, God. We just love you so much, and we just thank you um, for all the different things and the breakthroughs that even if we haven't seen them yet, that they are coming, God, because you are coming. Jesus, we love you. We thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, there's a lot of different things going on here at Fellowship Church. Here's a few of them. Fellowship Church family, we are so excited that on June 12th, we are going to have another church-wide baptism between the 9 and the 11 o'clock services. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've made him the Lord of your life, all this is is a public declaration of what is going on in your heart. So invite your friends, invite your family. We love how you can come together in that moment, praying for the person getting baptized, being there to support them as they are doing that. If this is something that interests you, sign up on the Church Center app. Life can have its own trials and difficulties, but you don't have to do it alone. That's why we have our Men's Valor Group and our Women's Support Group. These groups meet between the 9 and 11 o'clock services, and they're there for support, mentorship, accountability, whatever you need. So if that's something that you are interested in, you can go to the Groups tab on our Church Center app and sign up there. Coming up Tuesday, June 7th is our Life Group Leader Training Meeting. This is for anyone who is a Life Group Leader or anyone who has some questions and is maybe interested in being a Life Group Leader. We'll answer any questions you might have, food and childcare is provided. This is something that interests you, sign up on the Church Center app. It's the fourth quarter of our amazing series, Love and Basketball, and Pastor Tim is bringing part four, Shoot Your Shot. Thanks for joining us here at Fellowship Church. have been in our love and basketball series. And last week we talked a little bit, or I talked a little bit about my love for the game of basketball. I just love to play it. Told you some embarrassing stories about that. But one of the reasons why I love basketball so much is I grew up in that era where the NBA just really took off. I mean, when I was uh, a fifth and sixth grader, that was when Larry Bird and Magic Johnson came into the, in, into the NBA. And there, there was that Celtics and Lakers rivalry. I mean, there's always been that rivalry, but it was reborn when, when those two guys started playing each other. And man, it was fun to watch those games. And then, then from there, it was the bad boys, you know, came along, the Detroit Pistons. And uh, basically that's back then when, when they actually, you could foul people, you know, and not have like fines and all these things come down upon you. I mean, they played, they played ball hard back then. This guy, you remember this guy? This, this guy played ball hard. Now I love him because as we get older, we can relate to him because he was called the round mound of rebound. That's what he was called. And I can do, I can do a Charles Barkley impersonation. Here it is. That's terrible. That's all I got. That's all I got. Well, that's terrible. That's, that's Charles Barkley. Now, I love Charles Barkley. And I loved, you know, after the, the Detroit Pistons time, then, then the Chicago Bulls era came in and they won six championships. And right in the middle of that was Hakeem Olajuwon in Houston. And it was all these players that, 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 I don't know, they were just so iconic. I mean, many of them were in the top 50 players of, of all time and they played during that era. Now, basketball's changed a little bit through the years. You know, now they have all the flopping stuff and people can fake fouls and get away with it, all that kind of thing. But they also, they've, they've instilled or started to do instant replay. Did you know they, they're doing that? You can see that right now in the playoffs where, where coaches can challenge calls. They do that now in the NHL. They never did that before, but they do that now in the NHL. And now they've done it in the NFL for a while. One of the things though I like about the way the NFL does it is the coaches get a red flag. So if they don't like a call, if they're questioning something, they can throw that red flag and they'll question the call. Now, wouldn't that be cool to have in marriage? Wouldn't it be awesome where you could just carry around a red flag and you get in this heated conversation with whoever you're dating or whoever you're married and you just throw the red flag. And all of a sudden, the referee pops out of the pantry. 
And he goes over and he looks in the viewer and he, he watches everything that happens. And then he comes out and he says, after further review. After further review, there's several infractions. We have a personal foul against the male. He was not listening to the female. And there was an eye roll involved. He also would not put down the remote while she was telling her story. There's also a personal foul against the female. She has told the same story four times this week. She's also falsely accused her husband of never picking up his clothes. The review shows he did do it that one time. Offsetting penalties, repeat the conversation. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be so nice, so helpful. <laughs> but as we've gone through this series, the first week we talked about fixing your fundamentals. The second week we talked about that's a foul. And what is a foul? How can you commit fouls in a relationship? Last week though, we talked about not playing hurt and making sure when we've been hurt in relationships that we don't let that hurt lie. We, we do something about it. We, we get help. But this week we're gonna talk about how to shoot your shot or making sure you shoot your shot. The scripture we're looking at today is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Famous scripture. I wanna read it though out of a couple of different translations. The first is in LT. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live in darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? The message translation says, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not a partnership, that's war. Isn't that interesting? Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Now this scripture is, points out that we are be very careful on who we are teaming up with. Through the years, I think a lot of times people have said, well, this, this scripture is, is strictly about marriage. It's strictly about dating or courting. But the truth is, is it's about all relationships that are more intimate. Relationships where a person is allowed to be on your inner circle, those that you would trust the most, those that you would spend the most time with. Those are the ones we have to be very careful with and we have to make sure that those relationships are with other Christians. The KJV says, do not be unequally yoked. Now through the years, that scripture has totally been uh, uh, twisted and manipulated for people's views. But the truth is what, this is, what, the, what the scripture means here is it's trying to paint a picture of what we, our relationships are supposed to look like. And back in the day, everything was done with, with animals as far as plowing fields and hauling things. And, uh, you know, oxen were very, very important during the day. And if you had one oxen to ply your fields, that was, well, that was awesome. But if you had two oxen that you could yoke together, that was like having the best John Deere tractor you could buy in, the, in that time. And what they would do is they would, they would put this beam on, on these two oxen and they would train these oxen to pull together. And so as they were arduously going through these fields or doing this work, it wasn't just one oxen pulling all the weight, but it was both of them doing it together. And that's what the scripture is supposed to say. When you team up with a Christian, your fundamentals are the same. You rely on God for decision-making. You rely on God and his principles in scripture when, when you go through life. And so it's really, really important that we choose the right person to allow into our inner circles. Now that doesn't mean that we don't make friends with non-Christians. We're still supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're still supposed to lead people to the Lord. We're not supposed to be some clique of Christians that never allow non-Christians to come into our life. But this is talking about that intimate circle that we can have in relationships. It's important that we are always pulling together equally. And if you don't know how detrimental this can be, just talk to a person that's gone into business with a non-Christian. Talk to a person that has married somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus and how hard that can be, how arduous it can be. Well, relationship choices aren't just relationship choices. They're life choices, life choices. Relationships affect our lives. And if our relationships are good, we are usually good. Have you noticed that? But if our relationships are bad, we are bad. 
And it's extremely difficult to get life right and relationships wrong. We're either gonna be sinking or surviving or thriving. What level we live on is determined largely by who we are living with. And not only who we're living with, but who we're doing life with. You could be sinking right now, not because of who you are, but because of who you are with. When I was growing up, I had a group of good friends and I had a group of bad friends. And on any given week, my parents could tell who I had been hanging out with. It's just the way it was. And it rings true in scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, says, bad company corrupts good character. I can't tell you how many times that uh, I tried dating evangelism. You know what that is? That's where you date somebody that's not a Christian because you think you're gonna get them saved. You think you're gonna bring them up or you start hanging out with people that, that just don't believe and you think I'm gonna impact their life for good. I'm gonna bring them around. But most of the time that doesn't work. Most of the time when we start hanging with people that are not moral or that don't believe in Jesus, they end up bringing us down. It happens so often. Now, if we wanna win in life, we have to learn to win in relationships. We need to understand that there is culture's way of managing relationships, and then there's the king's way of managing relationships. And the first thing that we have to see in relationships to make them successful, we have to make sure that our relationship with God is right. We have to make sure that our relationship with God is, is on, something that happens on a daily basis. That's why so often we teach here, make sure you're having a devotional life with God. You're, you're reading your Bibles, you're worshiping. I mean, that's where Pastor Hooper did the series on coffee with God. And we talk about that, that you know, did you have your coffee with God today? Because if you don't, your relational intelligence will be messed up for that entire day. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, there's times when Rebecca will come to me that my precious wife and she will say, did you, did you have your coffee with God today? Because it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it. So many times in relationships, if we would just have our relationship with the Lord right, our relationship with others would be right. Because it affects everything. It affects that relational intelligence, which is how we relate to people, how we talk to people, how we listen to people, how we make people feel, how we read people and what they're going through and the, abil the ability to read a room as you walk into it. Have you ever seen people that just are not good at this? Like it's a really sad room and, and, and people are like mourning something and somebody comes in and starts cracking jokes. Or somebody, it's the opposite of that, right? It's, it's a super, super happy room. Everybody's having a good time. And then you get Debbie Downer and she walks in and starts telling horrible stories. It's reading the room. That's part of relational intelligence. How many times, how many times we could fix our relational intelligence if we were just checking in with the king, if we were just reading our script Bible daily, if we were just praying, if we were just worshiping? Know this. Just because I am the king's child doesn't mean I do relationships the king's way. You see, there's a difference between receiving the person of Jesus and practicing the principles of Jesus. Receiving Jesus, that's what helps us when we die. Okay? Because we know Jesus, when we die, we get to go to heaven and have eternity with him. But learning and practicing Jesus' principles that's what helps us while we live. And we need to learn these principles now. If you wanna be loving, you have to tie into the God of love daily. Now let's talk more specifically about the marriage relationship. Love and marriage relationships have a lot of similarities to basketball, okay? We need teamwork. There's an example. You gotta both be in it. You can't make it work by yourself. And even though you may have married a Christian or you're dating a Christian and you're equally yoked that way, you still have to put out the same amount of effort. You, you can't do individual or marriage counseling as an individual. I mean, we have a rule here. If we wanna talk about your marriage, you have to have your, your spouse with you. It doesn't do any good for one of you to hear the counsel. You need both of you to hear it. We also need to have an offense. If you're gonna have a team, you gotta be able to score. You gotta, you gotta have an offense. And there are some things you have to intentionally go after in your relationship. You have to go after intimacy. 
You have to go after romance. If, if you don't have romance in your relationship, you've got to read a book or get some advice to where you can just, you can put romance back in it. Good communication. You have to work on that. That's not something that just come na comes natural, especially if you're somebody that's an introvert that doesn't like to talk a whole lot and you're married to somebody that loves to talk. It's their spiritual gift, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the two of you get together and your communication, it's not good because you haven't worked at it. You have to go after it like an offense. Maintaining lifelong interests, that takes work. You're gonna go through seasons of your life where you're gonna do certain things together and you're really, really gonna enjoy that. And there's gonna be seasons where that is gonna change. Rebecca and I, when we first moved to Colorado, we loved to snow ski. We, we love that, we love to snow ski. I'm 52 now. I don't know why I ever enjoyed that. I mean, you go up, you, you, you get in crowds and mounds of people, it's freezing, you stand in line for a chairlift so that you can freeze more once you get on the chairlift. And then once you get off the chairlift, you get to ski and try to warm up. And about the time you warm up, you get to get back on the chairlift again. And have, have they ever made a comfortable pair of ski boots? I don't think so. I don't think so. But as you get older, you start noticing these things. And so man, snow skiing for us, we had, we're like, we're not doing that anymore. So then it was like, what next? Camping or boating or what, you know, whatever the case, golfing. Maybe you love to just go somewhere and read together. Maybe you like to go biking together. Maybe you like to go hiking together. But if we're not careful, we will lose the interest, the similar interests that we have together. And so we have to recreate that. That takes effort. That takes time. We also need defense. There are some things you need to intentionally keep out of your relationship. Taking advice from the wrong person, mother-in-laws. You don't want to do that. Did I say that out loud? I'll have to rewind the tape. I need that instant review. That's what I need for that. Having friends on social media that your spouse wouldn't be comfortable with. Okay, there needs to be defense there. Not letting the, the bad habits of other couples seep into your relationship. Have you ever seen that happen? You're around other couples and, and maybe the way uh, the guy speaks to the girl starts rubbing off on you and you think that that's okay. Maybe, maybe they're doing something in their relationship that it's just commonplace in their relationship and, but it's not good, but you start doing it into your ears. You have to set up a defense. You can't allow that to happen. It also requires a coach because there are times we need advice. Marriage seminars, counseling, marriage books. Man, there are such great resources out there. For Rebecca and I, if we hadn't had great counseling, especially in, in the toughest times of our marriage, because here's the thing, just like everybody else, we've had our turning points in our relationship. We've come to those crossroads where we could have said, uh, it's too hard. I don't know if I wanna do this anymore. We said, no, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna be a, a, offensive in this. We're gonna go after the information. We're gonna get a coach and that coach is gonna help us. And guess what? When we get the coach, we're gonna listen to the coach. That's huge. It's huge. Not try to go, not go to a coach and then try to convince that coach to be on your side. That, that, that's, that's not healthy. But being teachable. If you're going to a coach, you might as well be coachable. If you're gonna to go to a coach and not be coachable, then save your money. You need to. We've gotta stay teachable. We gotta stay moldable. We gotta stay coachable. And you know what else? It requires a game plan because without a plan, you won't win. You can't bring about change without a plan. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're not gonna get a different result. And if you wanna win, you have to be willing to shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. There's a series now that started off on ESPN. It's on Netflix now, but it's called The Last Dance. And it is the story of the Chicago Bulls and their six championships. Extremely interesting. It's just, it's really a great series. But one of the things that Michael Jordan says in that series is that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So true. Shoot your shot. Put forth the effort intentional and sustained, intentional and sustained investment. 
Don't just do something for a little while and then stop doing it. We're really good at that, like, right? We, we, we start to see our, our, our relationship fracture. We start to see it not do well. And so then we'd make the decision, okay, I'm gonna try something new. I'm gonna get some help. We're gonna, we're gonna start dating again. We're gonna start doing these things again. And it gets better and then we stop. We stop doing what worked. We gotta make sure that throughout our life, we stay intentional and that effort stays sustained. The state of your relationship is gonna be based on the return your investment in it. It's the return of your investment in it. So many times we stop shooting, right? We, we used to shoot, we used to try, we used to, to court and talk and recreate, and we tried to be romantic. You know, sometimes it would be best if we would just remember what we did at first. What did we do when we first met? This is extremely scriptural because Jesus writes love letters to his churches, the bride of Christ, in the book of Revelation. Over and over again, he's addressing his bride and he, he writes these letters and he says, this is what you're doing good. This is what you're doing not so good. And he says to one church, he says, but I have this one thing against you. You do not love me as you did at first. Remember how you once loved me? Be sorry for your sin and love me again as you did at first. Man, when we first met, whew, we shot every shot imaginable. Like we were shooting jumpers. We were shooting fadeaways. We're shooting hook shots, right? We're shooting granny shots. We're trying everything. But then we stopped doing that. We stop. We, we get complacent. We get familiar. We get distracted. Our focus changes. Life happens, right? Everything was about each other. And then everything turned after we got married and it became about work became about building a house. It became about the kids. And our marriage is left to suffocate. It begins to die of neglect. If you're in a situation where you feel like you need a little help, it's not because you don't love the person anymore. It's because your relationship is just dying of neglect. It just needs some life pumped into it. Effort is the price for improvement. And this is the biblical principle of sowing and reaping. What you sow into something, you're gonna get out of it. But what would keep you from wanting to shoot? Why would you not wanna take that shot? Well, for many of us, we're just, we're fearful, right? We're fearful. And we're fearful of some different things. For some of us, we're fearful of image. We fear we will lose who we are in a long-term relationship. I don't wanna lose who I am. I don't wanna be a married couple. Right? I, don't want to be, I don't want to be one of those couples. Relationships don't change your personality or your spiritual gifts or your talents. They will require you to learn new skills and break bad habits. But relationships are awesome. Marriage is awesome. Stop believing what culture tells us. Stop seeing what is portrayed on television and in movies. Marriage is the most fulfilling relationship besides your relationship with Jesus that you could ever have. It is wonderful. It is something that you should look forward to. It is something you should strive for. Marriage is awesome. Don't be fearful of it. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared because your parents' relationship didn't make it or your grandparents' relationship didn't make it. You're not your parents. You're not your grandparents. Man, with a little work, shooting that shot, you'll have a great marriage. Inequity is another reason people are fearful. Some people won't shoot their shot because they don't wanna put more effort into their relationship than the other person. If there's one thing we know about God is that you can never outgive him, right? You, can, you never could give more to God than what he's gonna give to you. And when you start investing in your relationship, you're gonna see that that, that, that investment is gonna come back. Don't hold back. From your spouse. Try to outgive them. Try to outgive them. Another thing that Michael Jordan says uh, in, in that series is that no one on his team was ever going to outwork him. He was going to work the hardest in practice. He was going to work the hardest in games. Nobody was going to outwork him. And that's the attitude we need to have in our marriage. Now, we also might be fearful because of some injury that we've had. If a person has been hurt in the past, it causes them to not want to trust in the future. And we talked about that extensively last week. If you didn't get to see uh, last week on Don't Play Hurt, make sure you do that. It's, it's available online. You know, it's free. You can just jump on there and watch it. When things get tough, though, if this is something that is an issue for you, 
you're just not going to have any resilience in the relationship. Those past hurts are going to cause you to want to quit because we just don't have the energy to fight anymore. And, and not only that, but, but when we fight, we don't fight fair. We, we get, things get tough and we start saying, well, maybe we should just break up. Well, maybe we should just divorce. And it's because those past hurts have never been dealt with. So those are all, way, all reasons why we might fear that, that, that awesome relationship that we need to take the shot at. There's also frustration, shooting and not making it, trying with no results. Like if what you're trying isn't working, try something else. I remember uh, when I was in ninth grade, I told a ninth grade story the other day. One of the things I struggled with in ninth grade is my shot wasn't consistent. And I couldn't figure out what I was doing. I was doing the same thing every time, every time, every time. And my coach was looking at my shot and he's like, hey, 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 follow through. It's like, what are you talking about? He's like, when you shoot, you're shooting, but you're doing this right after you shoot. So you'd shoot and do that. He said, that's called pulling the string. As long as you pull the string after your shot, your shot's never gonna, be, never gonna be consistent. When you shoot, just leave it up there. Leave it up there. Follow through. And as soon as I started doing that, completely changed my shot. But that frustration would have stayed there if I hadn't learned how to do something different. Here's another thing that will cause you from, from shooting your shot, and that's friendships. Some people that were good for you single are not good for you married. Some people aren't going to occupy the same space in your life for every season, and that's okay. They may be making the single life look good to you again. That's not good. Is that person speaking life into your marriage? Are they trying to help you when things are, are tough in your relationship? Or they just speak poorly about your wife? Right? If, they start, if you have a friend that makes your spouse look like a nuisance to them, you don't need to be friends with them anymore. So friendships can keep you from shooting your shot. And then just fatigue, being tired, tired of trying. You've had to have faith and trust that it will work and you just don't feel like it's working. Here's the thing. You may go through seasons where you don't trust your spouse. You may go through seasons where that happens. When that happens, just trust God. Just trust God. Trust God that he is going to bless whatever efforts you put into the relationship. Trust God and he wants to see you married and, and see that relationship reconciled. He wants you to have a marriage that, that you love and that you're excited about. And it's the type of marriage that, that man, you just, whoa, it's like the marriage in movies. That's what he wants for you. And that's what you can have. Shoot your shot. Trust in God. And you might say, well, how do we do that exactly? Like, how, how should I shoot my shot? If, if, if I were to take home something today, what would it be? I think it would be focused around that scripture where Jesus said, go back and do what you did at first. Go back and do what you did at first. Schedule times to talk. <laughs> do you remember when you and your, your, your fiance or the person you were dating and loved, how much you would talk for hours, for hours. Rebecca and I, I remember uh, uh, she was living in Louisiana and I was in Missouri. And that's back when you used to have the corded phones and long distance bills. Do you remember that? And, and my, my mom gave me a phone card when I went to college. The phone card was to call my mom. I was calling my girlfriend and I got my phone card taken away. So we actually had to write letters then and mail them like a stamp. Put your perfume on it. The old school, the old school communication that you loved, you loved that communication so much. You, you would just talk. You would write letters, love letters. Oh man, sometimes we can express ourselves better with letters than we can with 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 verbal communication. When was the last time you wrote a love letter to your wife? Are you scheduling time to talk? I mean, for Rebecca and I, one of the things that we did, and it was hard when we had little kids, is we. We decided there's gonna be 20 to 30 minutes every evening where we just say, this is time for us to, to communicate. And when the kids would come, we'd go, hey guys, it's mommy and daddy's time. Get, get, get lost. <laughs> That's okay. Guard that communication. Do this. So, so you're gonna schedule some time to talk daily. 
on the phone, at home, whenever. But date weekly. Get back to dating again. Don't let COVID and all the craziness of going out keep you from going to movies again, going to restaurants again. Date weekly, retreat quarterly. Once a quarter, go somewhere overnight just with her, just with him. If anybody else goes with you, that doesn't count. And then vacation annually. Once a year, once a week, it's just you and your bride. It's just you and your groom. And you go somewhere and you vacation together. Now, hey, I can't, I just can't afford that. Then do a staycation. Farm your kids out. Farm your kids out and stay at home. Stay at home with her and, and pour into each other. I'm telling you, I, I, we've seen couples before that, that, that were struggling so bad with intimacy and romance and it's because they hadn't vacationed together in so long. And they go and do a week together and they fall in love all over again. It's incredible what that will do. So talk, date, retreat, vacation, speak each other's love languages. Maybe that's time. You just love spending time together. That's so easy. Just spend some time together. Touch, affection. Get out of the bark lounger and go back to the couch where you can hug, where you can hold hands, where you, where you can be affectionate with an, another. Gifts, give gifts, be creative. You know, and it doesn't have to be expensive. If you know, if you know your spouse is having a hard day, bring them a Starbucks, you know, in the middle of the day or whatever they like to drink. Go to Sonic during happy hour, bring them a cherry limeade. Little things, yeah, yeah, that's good. Service. Clean their car, cook, clean up after dinner. Maybe that's your love language, man. It, man, when you serve your spouse, they just they just feel love when you do that. Verbal affirmation. When was the last time you told your spouse you were proud of them, or that they look good? Man, at first you did that a lot, right? When you were dating and you would see them when they come out the door, like, ooh, baby, looking good. When was the last time you did it? When was the last time you told them, I'm so proud of you, what you do at work and how you provide for us. I'm so proud of you the, way you, the way you teach or the way you do your business. I'm so proud of you. Man, speak those love languages again. And then finally, be creatively romantic. Be romantic. Make special dates special again. We're the worst at this. Rebecca and I, for years, we were always doing marriage retreats on our anniversary. And we developed a habit of not remembering our anniversary. That's not good. That's a special day. So do something special on those special days. And if you'll just, if you'll just do those four things, it'll change. It'll change your relationship. And you'll start shooting shots and you will start hitting shots. And guys, let me tell you this. You might even score. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. Would you stand with me this morning? And uh, if you're fortunate right now to be standing next to your spouse, I know that many of your spouses may be working in the nine o'clock service. Uh, just put your arm around them. And if they're not here right now, then just close your eyes and think about them, okay? And let me just pray a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for this person that you gave us. Forgive us if we've ever neglected them. Forgive us, Lord, if we've, we've ever made them feel like they were anything but the most important thing in our life. Forgive us for getting out of the habit of dating them and, and recreating with them and just showing them the love that they deserve through their love languages. Help us to do better at that. Remind us of how important this relationship is. Help us to invest in this relationship. And right now, Holy Spirit, just miraculously heal. Miraculously heal the wounds that we may have from our relationships. And then help us to be bold enough to get help. Help us to have a great offense in our relationship where we go after what we want. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would loose, loose a romantic spirit in our, in our couples. Loose a new spark loose a new attitude. Help us to go back and do what we did at first. You gave the best relationship advice in the history of relationships when you told your church that. 
So Lord, I pray right now that you would do just that. Do something in us that's great, that's beautiful, that's wonderful, and we'll give you all the praise and the honor and the glory for it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for overtime of the marriage series. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you need prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again and we hope to see you next week in person or online.